This is Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Hockey Central on Sports at 960. I'm Haley Salvian here with you for the next hour. No Logan Gordon today. He's uh, his day is shifted around. He's very busy, too. He's uh, got a busy day with the Flames because it's a Flames game day. Calgary taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning puck drop at 5 p.m. The pregame starts on Sports at 960 at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, it's going to be a short week for me, too. A little housekeeping, I guess, we'll do here off the start. Uh, no show from me tomorrow on Friday. So this is my Friday. It is Thursday. It's my Friday. It's a Friday show, I guess we could call it. Um, that's what I call my podcast on the Athletic Hockey Show because it's we record on Thursday, it posts on Friday. I thought it was um, funny, but it's probably not. So I'm flying to Seattle tomorrow for the Canada-USA women's hockey rivalry series. Um, so I'm going to be off. So this is the last edition of Hockey Central for the week. And it's a Flames game day. So we're going to get into lots of Flames. Calgary had a optional morning skate today. So we don't know a whole lot. We'll get more details on the starting goalie in the lineup during warmups. Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger. We know they are familiar with this Tampa Bay Lightning team they're about to face tonight. Uh, Jonathan Huberto says, we still don't like them. Uh, obviously, they've seen a lot of Tampa from their time as members of the Florida Panthers. So let's uh, take a listen to what Jonathan Huberto had to say this morning in Tampa. You know, longest road trip. And obviously, we want to start, you know, after a good, good start tonight in Tampa and go from now. I think, uh, you know, focus on the first game. What about um, this building? Obviously, you're you're familiar with it here. Um, you know what makes this team difficult, and what do you have to keep in mind here tonight? Yeah, they're they're a good team. I mean, obviously, play a lot against them, and really don't like them. <laughs> Losing two times in a row. I mean, in last year, got swept. So, don't like them. They're a good team, but I think we gotta you know play in their zone as much as possible. They're a good offensive team, but if we play in their zone, that's where they they got struggles. Yeah, that that uh, that rivalry never it doesn't quite leave. It doesn't go away right right away, right? It doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's different, but uh, I yeah. mean for me and weeks probably a little bit more. I think you know we don't obviously don't like that team, and uh, we've been playing a lot against them, so I think that's just normal. Help help the sort of tough nights in this building helped maybe shape you into the player you are yeah i mean it's uh, it's like everyone i mean as their their team but for us you want to come in you have extra motivation i think and tonight like i said it's for for the team we got to play play our, our, our own game and like we've been playing over the past few games and play well and we should be fine what do you like the most about the way that you've been that your group has been playing here as a player yeah, it's good i think when we're at our best it's everybody's playing well and four lines and you can tell everybody's engaged in the game and defensemen as well and that's how we're going to win a lot of games this year who have you generally gone up against in this matchup over the years has there been someone that they've kind of stuck on you i mean obviously Edmund is a really good player um i see you play again you know Steimer was was really good last year been, he's been good the past few years and, you know, plays hard and obviously Kucherov. And I think their power play is what, you know, they're, they're best at. And I think that's what we got to can't take too many penalties. 
Mackenzie was saying yesterday, the humidity kind of brings the nostalgia back already. <laughs> same for you? Yeah, it, it does for sure. I mean, uh, you know, just being in, in Florida, in the state, it kind of brings back. But yeah, for sure, being in Fort Lauderdale, tomorrow is going to bring even more. So. So there you have it. That was Jonathan Huberto this morning after the Flames morning skate in Tampa Bay. Obviously, Flames taking on the Lightning tonight. And then they'll play against the Florida Panthers, as you heard, in the tail end there uh, on Saturday. So that's going to be the first return for Huberto and Uyghur in Florida and the first game against Matthew Kachuk since that massive trade this summer. Um, Want to get into the Tampa Bay Lightning a little bit more. We um, So coming up on the show, probably about five minutes or so, around 1.10, we're going to have uh, Eduardo Encina from the Tampa Bay Times. He's going to come on and talk to us, do a little bit of scouting the enemy. So we'll talk to Eduardo about the Tampa Bay Lightning, what we can expect tonight. Um, but just piggybacking off of, oh, and I should say Sean Gentilly from The Athletic, senior writer, senior national writer at The Athletic is going to join us around 1.35 to take a look around the league and, and dig into some stories. New Jersey Devils, I think the Islanders are interesting. We'll, we'll see where Sean wants to, to take that. Um, but when we're looking at the Tampa Bay Lightning and, and piggybacking off of what Jonathan Huberto had to say, I, I think a, a really key for the Flames, and it sounds like an obvious one, but it's going to be playing in the Tampa zone. They have some offensive weapons in their top six that you obviously need to contain, um, but the easiest way to defend against guys like that is to stick them in their own D zone and make life difficult for them in their zone. Um, the Tampa blue line is an interesting one for me because you've got Victor Hedman, um, you know, but but you don't, you have a rookie in uh, Nick Perbix who scored his first NHL goal earlier this month, but you don't have Jan Ruda. He's with the Pittsburgh Penguins now. You've got Sergachev, but no Ryan McDonough. And by the way, he's playing his 800th career NHL game tonight with uh, the Nashville Predators um, and no Eric Cernak. He has not played since November 11th. So I'm curious about their blue line, and that's where you want to see the Flames maybe take advantage of, of a, a, a hole or a deficiency with a Tampa team that we know plays really well when it matters, which is the postseason. But it's not the postseason yet. So let's go uh, to the Atlas Pizza Hotline to get more about – let's do some more scouting the enemy. Uh, so we've got uh, Eduardo on the line on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline from the Tampa Bay Times. Eduardo, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, big game tonight, Calgary Flames, Tampa Bay Lightning, puck drop at 5 o'clock local time, 7 o'clock for you in Tampa Bay. Um, I saw some of your tweets from the morning skate. I saw some of the lines and pairs. Um, looks like Andre Vasilevsky is going to start. Looked like Bogosian was on the fourth pair, potentially skating as an extra. So what, uh, what do Flames fans need to know about uh, the Lightning for tonight's game? Yeah, I think, you know, when we talk about the lighting, it it, it all kind of begins with, with, you know, the skill that they have, especially, um, you know, a top, you know, at the forward position. Um, You know, that first top line right now is really kind of, uh, you know, for the past month or so has really kind of been carrying them. You know, Nikita Kucherov, uh, Braden Point, and and Brandon Hagel have, uh, you know, really just had a lot of synergy. You know, that that was a line going into the season. We didn't really know how it was going to really worked because they lost Andre Pallott in free agency, but Brandon Hagel's kind of stepped in there, a guy that they got at the trade deadline last year from Chicago, and, and he's just really kind of taken his game to another level, not just in, in five-on-five, but also 
you know, as, as a penalty, penalty killer and as a, on the power play, on the first team power play. Uh, so, you know, th- those are guys that obviously everyone's got to watch for. And then, uh, obviously in, in goal, Andre Vasilevsky is arguably, you know, the top goaltender in the world. Um, his numbers haven't shown it so far this year, but I think it's more of a sign of, I think you mentioned the blue line there is that this is really a blue line in transition. You know, there's a lot of guys in a lot of different spots. They've dealt with some injuries. Um, and because of that, uh, you know, they've, they've kind of, uh, they're still kind of finding their way. And you know, as a team, they've allowed a lot of like open looks and, and odd man rushes, turnovers in their own zone that is pretty uncharacteristic of this team. So at the same time, you know, even though they've, they've won two Stanley Cups in the past three years, been to the finals of each of those years, um, they're a team that actually has, has had a lot of turnover. I think they have, of the 23 guys on the roster, uh, you know, 12 of them were not on Stanley Cup teams. So even though the, the core's there, you know, the Damkoses, the, the Headmans, the Kucherovs, Vasilevskis, points, uh, you know, there's a lot of newer guys that are still kind of trying to get used to the system and, and just trying to figure out the way to, to, to win games late, which is something that this team you know, gets, has done so well uh, over the course of the past few years. I think with Vasilevsky, it's interesting. You know, he's got a five and five record, sub nine hundred save percentage. But if there's a, any goalie you could point to and say he's earned the benefit of the doubt, it's probably Andre Vasilevsky. Like, I don't think anyone's worried about this guy, despite what a stat line might say. Yeah, there's there's no concern, and especially you know, like it's uh, it's interesting just when you look around the league how much goalie turnover there is, how many tandems there are, how many guys have moved around this off season, and. Yeah, the one thing we always kind of talk about here in Tampa is that, like, there's never a doubt, you know, that, that Andre Vasilevsky is the number one guy. And, you know, they actually have a really good number two guy in, in Brian Elliott, too, who's, who was a veteran guy who came over last year and has really kind of, you know, helped. I think he had points in 14 out of 17 starts last year, which it was huge for a backup to get that kind of production and, you know, right. knowing that you're going to get points on the nights that Vasilevsky doesn't play. So, uh, you know, he started the other night, so Vasilevsky will be in net tonight. Um, and, and like, like I said, is, is the numbers there are a little deceiving because, like I said, I think you could look at probably most of the goals, or at least half of the goals that he's allowed this year, and they were ones that he really had no no chance on, just a you know a grade A chance of you know from as a result of a turnover in their own zone or odd man rush or you know stuff like that that, that he really didn't have much of a chance. So, um, you know, Andre Vasilevsky is still Andre Vasilevsky, and you know, like you said, this is a team that they kind of treat the regular season as almost a dress rehearsal for the postseason, And, you know, even last year, I think, you know, he kind of had some similar numbers to what he has this year, but, you know, he just kind of gets into his groove and come, you know, when it matters the most, obviously in the postseason, he's there and uh, he's, he's the dominant guy in the back of the net that they, that they need. Yeah, and he's in only in uh, year three of that eight-year, $76 million mm-hmm. contract extension. So you're right. You, there is no doubt. <laughs> this guy is going to be there for a while, and you know yeah. what you're going to be getting from him. Uh, you mentioned the blue line. This is a blue line in transition, and, and I kind of talked about it before mm-hmm. we brought you in. Um, but, you know, no Ryan McDonough, no Ian Ruta. Those are two big um, kind of subtractions from this decor you have some younger guys in there some injuries they're dealing with as well um is is it fair to say that this blue line is is looking a a bit thin this year at least early on yeah i think it's 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 where you fit guys more than than necessarily the depth and the depth is is a thing but you know they brought in some new guys you know philip myers they brought in you know hayden flurry uh a couple guys who are kind of you know Lack of a better term is probably isn't the best way to use them, but the kind of guys on their second, third stops, maybe a little bit of retread guys who 
you know, were very highly thought of as prospects and really just had them stuck in, in a couple of their previous stops. So they came in here, and the Bolts are really good at kind of finding guys like that that can become those guys. Neither one of those guys has really stuck out so far. And then, you know, Cal Foot is a former first-round pick that they kind of wanted to see step up. He's so shown some signs of that, but his consistency is really hasn't been there. And then he got hurt the other night with a, an illegal hit uh, that he took to the side of the head um, that just kept him out. He's, he was wearing a red, uh, red no-contact jersey today, so he's not going to play. Um, so, and Eric Chernak is also not going to play tonight, too. So you combine the injuries with a couple guys who are still kind of trying to find their way. And I do think the side this team really does miss Ryan McDonough. You know, like when you combine Victor Hedman and McDonough and Sergachev, you know, the, the, all those guys on the left side, they just had three guys who were just kind of rocks. You know, there was, you know, obviously Hedman, the guy who can, you know, Norris Trophy candidate every year, can't play, you know, 200 foot games. You have the, you know, the, the stable, you know, stay at home defenseman McDonough who just eats pucks and, you know, is, is a, just a, a dynamic player on the penalty kill. And then Sergachev, who's kind of a mixture of both, you know, the younger guy who's only 24 years old, but obviously played in a lot of important games, you know, already. And is kind of, he's kind of becoming that, that next guy stepping in the McDonough role on that second pairing. But also the other thing that this team has also had is they've actually had kind of a, a little bit of a surprise in terms of Nick Perbix, who has only been here for, you know, he, may make the, he didn't make the team out of camp. I think he's had 12, 13 games under his belt. But he's starting to really kind of come into his own, and he's he's actually older than Sergachev by a few few weeks. Um, but he's he's a guy who's you know a college age guy, you know, one of these guys who you know you can tell he's smart, you can tell he can adjust on the ice. So he's really kind of come in and and kind of taken that spot. Actually, made the the situation the roster situation even more difficult for the Lightning because he's one of the few guys that you can you can uh, move back and forth between the minors and the and the NHL. You know, so Zach Bogosian's going to come back in a couple weeks. He's a veteran guy. You know he's going to be in this lineup too, so they're going to have to make some choices. Uh, you know, coming forward in the next couple of weeks, you know, if they're healthy, if the guys like Chernak and Foot can come back, um, because uh, you know you got, it's going to be kind of a number crunch. I don't think they're going to really hold nine defensemen um, on this roster. Right. So uh, it, it, it's definitely something that they're going to have to figure out, and it's kind of a, a body of work. And that kind of goes back to the whole thing I was talking about. I was like, you know, find your guys where they fit and and be at the right right uh in the right situation when when it matters the most down the line mm-hmm. we're talking to eduardo and cena from the tampa bay times scouting the enemy talking about the tampa bay lightning who the flames are playing against tonight that is at five o'clock or seven o'clock if you are in tampa bay and listening to this because you're a fan of eduardo's work on the times um you know the calgary flames top line elias lindholm tyler Toffoli, adam razichka we don't know what the lines are going to be for the flames yet we don't have that confirmed because it was uh, a you know an optional morning skate but we did hear head coach daryl setter speaking quite highly of of Toffoli and of lindholm and of Razichka playing with them so we can maybe assume that those guys are going to stick together. I don't know why Daryl would uh, split them apart, but I'm curious with the hole that Anthony Sorelli kind of leaves in this lineup. He's kind of the guy that you would think, all right, he's, right. you know, Lindholm's probably going to have to deal with a lot of Anthony Sorelli tonight. Um, with Anthony not in the lineup, what what kind of hole does that create and, and who's probably going to be taking on some of those harder matchup uh, kind of line-by-line line matches against, you know, the Flames' top line or even a skilled guy like Jonathan Huberto who's on the team? Yeah, I mean, they're still trying to kind of figure that out because, you know, Anthony Shirley obviously is not a an easy guy to uh, to replace because, you know, that line has been one that, uh, you know, really was kind of a lockdown line and, you know, kind of the equivalent of it right now is kind of like their second line, which has 
you know, Nick Paul, Steven Stamkos, and, and Alex Kalorn. And, you know, Kalorn, and, Kalorn was kind of that guy who, who, who was on the side of, of Sorelli, you know, most nights. And, uh, but it's, it's really kind of a, a reworked line. Um, but, but that line kind of comes out and, and plays a lot of the top lines. Um, and, and, you know, they're really still trying to figure out, you know, what that third line is going to be right now. Um, but, but, you know, they've, they've had a lot of, of times where they've matched up with that top line with, with their own top lines, you know, with uh, Braden Point, uh, like I said, Hagel and, and Kucherov. And those guys, when they're together, I think the thing that Hagel added was a dimension of, uh, you know, he used his speed and he's got a great stick. So, uh, you know, they really kind of created a lot of pressure on the forecheck there. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see that line out there a lot. Um, but yet to, to mention Sorelli, you know, he's probably not going to be around for another you know few weeks or so. Uh, he's still got that red jersey on too. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're still kind of trying to find a way because there's really no, no way to replace him. He's one of the top, you know, two way forwards in the game, young two way forwards in the game right now. And he just creates a different dimension when he's on the ice. And, you know, you know, that's the lockdown line when he's out there. So, but um, I, I would expect to see a little bit of, of all, all three. I mean, that, it's a funny thing you mentioned. Uberdo is, uh, you know, we we asked we asked uh, John Cooper after you know before the, after the skate today was what's it going to be like to see him in a different uniform because you saw him so many times in these you know big games against against the Panthers and the big rivalry between the two teams. And he was like, well, it's still red, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> I think I'm pretty happy that he only has to see him twice a year because. Uh, you know, Huberto was a very, has been a very dynamic player uh, against the Lightning, and he's had a good deal of success against them over the years. So, um, yeah, they they know him, they know a lot about him, but he's one of those guys that even though you know what he's going to do, uh, it's it's still pretty hard to stop him. So, I think they're pretty happy that you know you see him tonight and one more time maybe, and uh, that would be it. I think it's great to to have you on and have that perspective because I think, you know, it hasn't been exactly the start that everyone maybe right. would have wanted to see from Huberto in Calgary. But I think we need to to realize the the kind of track record that he had with yeah. Florida and know that that's probably going to come eventually. And maybe, unfortunately for Tampa, maybe good for Flames fans, uh, a game against a team that he said today that he still does not like at all uh, could be what right. sparks him. And I mean, you've seen it. You've seen what Jonathan Huberto right. can do when he's fiery and he's on his game. He's not easy to deal with. You just said it. Right. And the same thing with Uyghur, too. You know, a lot of those guys were, both of those guys were incredible thorns in the side of the Lightning for years. And, and during the regular season, uh, in the postseason, and so you know, I think more than anything, like there, there's, they're not going to sneak up on this team at all because they've they've seen what those guys can do for so many times, um, and then they know what they can do. I guess my final question for you, Eduardo, before we <laughs> let you go, I know you mentioned kind of the top line's been carrying things, um, but it seems like outside of the top six, there has been a bit of a drop off in terms of depth contributions, which is the thing that we kind of always thought about with Tampa, is you know they have. There was just always that that it factor that the Lightning have, and and I still think they do have it, especially as we get deeper on into the season and when when games matter for sure. We're going to see that again. But in terms of you know having a you know they had one of the best third lines, quote unquote third lines in the league with you know Blake Coleman and Yanni Gord and right. Barkley Goudreau. Like there was always always contributions from the quote unquote bottom six, and that hasn't quite been there yet this season. Yeah, I think that you know. That's that's very true, and you know last year they spent a long time trying to rebuild that that line with with Blake Coleman and Yanni Gord and Barkley Goodrow, 
And, you know, you could even say that they really didn't build it fully, even though they still were able to get to the Stanley Cup final. But um, this year, it's, it's definitely a work in progress. And I think one of the more most important things to kind of see tonight is kind of that, that buildup, because they did have a, a little bit more contribution in the, past, in the last game. And Nicole Kepke, you know, a rookie who was on the third line, he moved to the fourth line. He scored his first uh, NHL goal the other night on, on Tuesday. And, um, you know, you're starting to see a little bit more, you know, I think out of those six guys, I think that going into the last game, four of them had still not scored a goal, an even strength goal. So they're still looking to get those contributions. You have that, that third line, Nemesikov, Colton, um, both of those guys have, uh, well, Nemesikov has really struggled, even though he's been a guy who's really contributed in all, all three facets of the game. Um, and then, uh, you know, that fourth line's a veteran line and they moved Kepke there, but there's, they also Pierre Edouard Belmar and Pat Maroon, but both of those guys are looking for their first goal still too this season. So um, I think you saw a little bit of that them to start to kind of improve a little bit last game, and you're going to want to see that again, you know, to that continue this game and even moving on because, like you said, you know, the, the Lightning are a team that you know they really do, you know, need that that contribution throughout all four lines. I think that's when they're at their best because that's what keeps you know a lot of teams honest, you know, and. Uh, I think, you know, like you said, that, that third line that they had two years ago, you know, I think they kind of reinvent, not reinvented the game, but I think a lot of other teams look, try to figure out how, how do they create those kind of lines. And obviously those guys all went different places. You know, Coleman went to Calgary and the other guys went elsewhere. But, um, you know, those lines are really tough to form. And it wasn't something that happened overnight for Lightning either. Um, you know, they, they, they had to kind of move guys around and try to find it too. So, you know, I think there might be some of that movement too coming up. Uh, they've done a little bit, like I said, with Kepke moving up and down. But, um, you know, I think that it's going to be one of those things that's going to be, again, one of those evolving kind of processes. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's such a copycat league that, mm-hmm. you know, and that I say like their third line was really good, but like that was one of the best lines in hockey during the playoffs. Like I, mean, I don't even think anyone would call them the the third line. That's not like a bottom six trio. And I think whenever you try to think of the ideal checking line, I think people still go back to those guys. I know I said that was my last question, but I am going to throw one more at you. I do apologize. I miss, I led you no astray. Problem. I'm sorry. But, you know, because of what you said about Huberto, I'm just curious for the kind of out of Calgary zoomed out look, like when you're getting ready to, to cover this game and you're looking at the flames coming to town, like to you, what stands out about Calgary as an opponent for Tampa Bay tonight? Well, obviously, you know, I think that, the, the big thing, and Cooper said this, is kind of they're they're a team that's you know I, I don't know if there's a team in the league that's really had such a turnover of skill players, you know, in terms of you know guys who you know high end skill guys who who are not there anymore and guys who came in. So you know this it, it's kind of hard to gauge them right now because you know, they are different. You know, you you brought in you know those guys from Florida, you know, Kadri, guys like that, and you know obviously there's no Kachuk, there's there's no, you know, Gaudreau anymore there. So you know, when you have those such powerful skill position players, um, you know, like added and subtracted, um, I think it, it, it's an intriguing situation to how you watch this team. So um, like I said, like they know, they know Huberdeau and, and, you know, and, and Uyghur and those guys. And like the thing about Huberdeau is, is, you know, and this was the Florida system a little bit is, you know, the, the thing that made them so difficult to play against was, you know, it was just they wanted to play a track meet. And, you know, and he was one of those guys who 
fit in that mold so well. So I'm interested in seeing, you know, how, how these guys, how he kind of, you know, fits into that, into the, a new system with that and just kind of how, uh, you know, because I don't, I don't know if there's a team that really li- love to skate back and forth like, like <laughs> the Panthers did. And they would almost get into trouble sometimes because they did, because they really didn't care about, you know, turnovers in their own end. And like sometimes the lightning would get caught in it and there, there would be this, just these, these Florida track meets, you know, back, back and <laughs> forth. And, you know, these, all these like huge opportunities back and forth. So, um, you know, I'd be, I'm interested to see him how, and I know it, it hasn't necessarily been, you know, everything that people have expected up there, but um, I mean, there's no doubt that he's one of the most uh, you know, skilled players in the league, in my opinion. And I, th- I think that it'll be interesting to see just kind of how, how he, how he skates and how he fits in there, you know, cause I think that's one of those things that we, we saw how Kachuk fit in in Florida, you know, a couple, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we saw him for the first time um, with the Panthers. And it's just, it's just interesting to see some of these great, great players, like, move to different teams and how they kind of fit in with, with within, you know, not even just to, to different systems, but, you know, with different players and different atmospheres. So I think that's the only thing is like, that's the thing, one thing about Calgary and Florida is that's so interesting. I think this year about those teams is that like, they're great teams that have been good, but they moved a lot of different guys in and out. So, um, right. Like I said, those two teams are really interesting to me. You get to, you don't have to see Jonathan Huberto as much, but now you have to play against Matthew Kachuk in in a battle right. of Florida, which is probably right. almost more annoying <laughs> for different reasons. Right, Anyways, right. Thank you for your time, Eduardo, and enjoy the game tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. There goes Eduardo and Cena from the Tampa Bay Times on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline. That conversation brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner. For takeout or delivery, call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Uh, I want to open up the text line. Get everyone in here because Logan's not here. I have nobody to talk to. So I want to talk to you guys if you're at home listening. I appreciate you, and I also do want to remind everyone you can listen to Hockey Central 960 On Demand, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, but 960960, the text line is open. Do you have any questions about the games? Do you have any thoughts that you just want to share? Like, do you have a prediction? What do you think is going to happen for the Calgary Flames against the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight? That game goes at 5 o'clock, pregame on sports at 960 at 4. Do you have any bold predictions? For the game tonight maybe that's my question give me a bold prediction are we gonna get a huge huberto game because he hates this team and he wants to get amped up and and ready to play against florida on saturday this is the this is what gets him going i don't know i kind of like that idea and i think i like getting eduardo's perspective on, on knowing and seeing for how long huberto was dangerous and effective and, and irritating for the Tampa bay lightning to play against when he was a member of the Florida Panthers. And, and we know that it hasn't been a really smooth transition. Um, we will see what line he is on tonight when we see the morning, uh, not morning skate, excuse me, the warm up lines, because it was an optional skate. So we don't, uh, we don't know exactly where Huberto is going to slot in. Is it going to be on that kind of quote unquote third line? Is he going to be with Backland? Is he going to get moved up? Personally, I look at that top line with Elias Lindholm and Tyler Toffoli, and I don't touch it. I don't change a thing. Let me know what you guys think, actually. You know, what do you think is the perfect spot for Jonathan Huberto in this lineup? Because I don't put him back on the top line right now. And that's not necessarily because he's doing something wrong. 
I just think Adam Rzichka is fitting in really well right there at this time. And we heard from Daryl this morning um, talking about how Lindholm has really elevated his game. You kind of saw it at the tail end of that homestand and then saw him really start playing well when they went on that road trip. And now we're seeing, and as Pat Steinberg mentioned yesterday when he was on the show for our Pat chat, um, and, and we heard from Pat talking about how like this is the Lindholm we got to know last season. This is the Lindholm that things were building towards that we knew he could be the number one center, the selkie caliber, he can score goals, he can make plays good in the D zone, et cetera, et cetera. We're seeing that that we, we maybe we didn't see it earlier on in the season when things were kind of taking some time to get the chemistry right with the top line. Um, we do have a note in the text line here. Well, hello. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Flames win in overtime 2-1 to one and Huberto gets the game winner. I like it. That would be fun. I think a 1-1 hockey game in the dying seconds of the third period would make me a nervous wreck, but I like the way that you think. Um, that's on the text line, 960960 text line is open. If you want to join in on the conversation, um, you know, back to what Daryl was saying, he was talking about how Lindholm and Tyler Toffoli have been their best forwards. He said, quote, I think that's pretty clear. And he added that Adam Rzichka adds some energy to those two and they can kind of help bring him along with them. Um, so I think we can maybe read the tea leaves with what Daryl said this morning and assume that that line is not going to be touched. I'm not sure why you would break them up. I will say that again. Uh, so we'll see how the rest of the lines trickle down. Maybe there'll be a couple changes here and there. But again, I'm curious where we see Jonathan Huberto. Uh, another note in the text line here, Lucic is a top six forward. It's ridiculous. Huberto should be given a shot with Kadri to see if that works. Um, another one here, Hubie isn't playing well enough to be on the first line, but how can you put your highest paid player on the third line? That's from Peter on the text line, 960960. I understand that, um, but and I understand how well he's paid, um, but at the same time, it's not really Daryl Sutter's job to care about how much these guys are being paid like it is his job to slot them in where they should be at the current time based on how they're playing um and i just i wonder if having him on that third line is to light a fire i wonder if that's to maybe help him in the d zone having him with a guy like backland i don't think we've seen enough of that um and we're getting lots more text in here. So I'm with you, Peter. Like I get it. You don't want a guy that is the highest paid player <laughs> this team has ever had, uh, you know, kind of stuck in the bottom six, but I, I don't think he's going to be there for long. I think we're going to see Huberto start to click and start to find his way and move his way up the lineup. Um, I think, I think we're going to see that there's, there's reason to, to believe that that's going to happen because we've seen what Huberto did for a while. And we know as we just heard from Eduardo about the don't care about the defense, go, 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 offense, offense, offense that Jonathan Huberto was used to in Florida. This system in Calgary is so much different than that. And I think we all know that. Um, oh, and another point we got in here, uh, Huberto is not the highest paid player this year. So I guess if we're looking for technically you're right, he's not the highest paid player yet. He, uh, that doesn't kick in until next year. Lots of things in here. Taylor Swift makes a guest appearance in Florida to sing the national anthem. That would be wild. Probably the cheapest 
Taylor Swift tickets you're going to get. I, I actually don't know how expensive it is to go to a Tampa Bay Lightning game. It's a good question. That'd be fun, though. I doubt it. I did remember seeing um, a news clipping of Ariana Grande at a Florida Panthers game when she was younger because I think she's from like Boca Raton. And I just, I would, one story idea I had was like, I, want, I would love to talk to the guy who was like driving the Zamboni that had Ariana Grande when she was like six years old sitting in it. Like, did he know that this was going to be a big pop star? I don't know. That's something that I probably only find interesting and nobody would read that story. Uh, but we're going to go to break. Keep the text coming. We'll read through some more of them. Get the conversation going about this game. Lots of bold predictions. Let me know where you think Huberto slots in best. I mean, let me know if you would read that Ariana Grande story. <laughs> I don't think anyone would. I'm probably not going to do that. But coming up next, we're going to talk to Sean Gentile, a senior national writer at The Athletic, to take a little bit of a look around the league and see uh, his thoughts on these uh, next two games for the Calgary Flames, the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight and Florida Panthers on Saturday. That's coming up next on Sports at 960. You're listening to Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the show. It's the final countdown for me this week because I'm flying to Seattle tomorrow and I haven't packed. Uh, I haven't prepped. I don't know what's happening with Canada USA. I'm a little overwhelmed. So we're going to bring Sean Gentilly in to the show. And instead of maybe talking to you about sports and, you know, hockey stuff, I can ask you what I should be doing when I'm in Seattle. Like maybe you can bring some story ideas to the table for me. Welcome to the show, Sean Gentilly on the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline. What's up? <laughs> Are you okay with that? Thanks, Peter. I, think, I was like, I was going to say, I think he hung up. <laughs> Uh -oh. hang up on I'm me? here. <laughs> no, I'm right here. Thanks for joining. How's did it going? you hear my? How are you today? Did, did you did you hear my question? No, I didn't. That's, I thought you hung up on me. No, I asked if like this is something you should be admitting on the radio. But you're like, ah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do for, for for the next few days. Seattle, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll work. Maybe I won't. Yeah, the company's sending um, me to Seattle for work and I have no idea what I'm doing and I just admitted that to uh, my radio audience but I think that makes me authentic <laughs> and relatable no. it's all very carefully crafted facade yes you're in the business of, of uh, image of image management already way to go yeah, yeah Seattle exactly, Seattle's, exactly. Seattle's great Seattle's great you've been you've been there you, you you were there last season right like you know you know you know what you're doing I'm not going to sit here and pretend that you're going to have more than a few free hours because <laughs> you're, you're busy. You have, you have things to yeah. do. You're right. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great place to, great place to hang out. Try to make it over to West Seattle if you can. It's a pain, it's a pain to get there from the downtown core, but it's like a cool little beach town basically with some hmm. cool shops, really great, a really great record store, all that you can buy, probably buy, probably buy. Taylor Swift final over there, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, chatting with Taylor, like my producer, um, because the, the tickets are now canceled for the sale. 
And I was saying I should just post yeah, them for it's pretty funny. like $3,000 each or something. But no, I'm heading to Seattle. I was there last year with the Flames, and I am prepared. I think I just I got the email that I can check into my flight uh, during the break, and that was the moment for me of like, oh god, lots to do. So that's always people, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be here tomorrow. You will have Logan Gordon for two hours tomorrow. So Sportsnet today is going to be an hour longer for the texter that's... on nine sixty nine sixty who said I need to be replaced. So you've got Logan Gordon tomorrow. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, that's always a, it's always a trip to get the email to saying like you can start checking for your flight. That's like it's real, and very often yeah. in my case, oh, I've yeah. done absolutely nothing to prep. So I'm I'm with yeah. you. I see yeah, yeah, hit me hard. I, it hit I, me I hard in the break, but uh, you know we opened up the text line before uh, you came on here, and you know we're talking about bold predictions for the game. Calgary Flames taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight kind of wondering is this a game that kind of ignites Jonathan Huberto he's had a slow start we've talked about it ad nauseum on the radio and in the media it hasn't been a perfect start for Huberto but he does not like the Tampa Bay Lightning that still kind of burns for him uh as a former member of the Florida Panthers and John Cooper said today um yeah we don't have to play him as much with Florida but you know he's still wearing red <laughs> basically so I, I'm wondering if this kind of is the perfect little weekend for Huberto to maybe take another step with the Calgary Flames. Yeah, I'm just going to keep predicting the Huberto breakout until it actually happens. How about that? Yes. Because it's it. going this to. The we know this it's going to, it, right? It all comes together. I mean, yeah, on some level, yeah, it's it's going to happen. He's too skilled. He's too productive. He's too, you know, too offensively gifted of a player you know, for this to, for, for this to last all, all that much longer, but I'm with, I'm with everybody. You know, I, I know there's a lot of nervous Flames fans out there. They're like, is this, what's, what exactly, what exactly is going on here? Cause that's the thing about Jonathan Huberdeau is like, I think he's taken kind of an unfair amount of slack in, in some spots, but what it boils down to with that guy is you need points from him, right? Like that's his production, his value as a player is tied up in point production a lot more than say, you know, even Matthew Kachuk, or if, if, if you want to do like a one for one comparison, right? Because he's, sure. he's not a very good defensive player. He's, he's, he's not a great puck possession player. Like his impacts, his defensive impacts are, are, are bad, which is something you can deal with if he's racking up points. But if he's not, then you start asking the question, like what exactly are we paying for here? So yeah, but he's, mm -hmm. Still super talented, offensively gifted, all that. I'm just going to keep saying that the breakout's coming until it actually does, and then I'll just say that I'm right. That's how it works. <laughs> exactly. This is how this business works. Uh, you know, going through the text line, again, 960-960, the text line is open. Um, some texts about him playing with Michael Backlund. You know, maybe he sticks with him until his game rounds in. You know, Backlund's a very good player. He's going to help the process. That's something that's coming through in the text line. And if you guys have any questions for Sean, let us know on 960-960. Um, what do you expect from when, like, we're looking ahead a little bit more when Calgary plays against Florida on Saturday. Like, what do you think that matchup's going to be like for Huberto, Uyghur, uh, and Matthew Kachuk? Like, what are we going to see in this game? Because I have no idea. Like, I don't know what to expect, and it makes me a little, I don't know. I'm kind of excited to watch it, but I, a little nervous too. I don't know. There's going to be some level of emotion. Like, I mean, like it's been written to death about how taken aback Uberto and Uyghur were 
you know, by that, by that trade, we don't, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and don't, it's the, the last group of people on earth I need to, you know, talk, talk about the Matthew Kachuk ordeal with or, or the people listening to, to the show. Right. So I think that's something that, you know, always, always raises the, the, the temperature of a, of a game like that. When you have that, you know, at any time you have a star player who's playing against their former team, when it ended on like weird terms, like that's going to be, that's, that's going to be added drama. You throw the fact that two of them were traded, <laughs> were traded for, for one. I mean, that's, that's next level stuff. And yeah, the, the flames going to win, man. And that's, that's, that's another thing. I think that game is going to mean more to Calgary than it, than it would afford at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you want to show that, that you, it's like the quickest way to talk about maybe like, it's not how it works, but if you win the game, maybe it's like, yeah, well, we've got these two guys. We won the deal, at least in the first matchup, there's a lot riding on it. And then, you know, Julian McKenzie, our colleague at the athletic had the big oral history about how that deal went down, um, which is wild that we're doing oral histories, like, you know, six months after a trade happens, but there was so much to it. And, and I think we could all see, if you're paying attention, this potentially coming for Matthew Kachuk. He signed that three-year bridge deal with the backloaded qualifying offer to give himself as much control over a situation as possible. We've known that for years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's something. Maybe it was a little I'm shocking not, not... to see him exercise it, but he did. And there were some quotes in there in the oral history. Um, you know, this is what he wanted, and he did it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not to not to interrupt or, or gas you up all that much, but, like, you, you reported that a couple of years ago that like the pump was primed for, for that kind of exit to happen. And it did. And it was, and it was a thing that I think if, if you're, if you're paying attention and you looked at how the contract was, was structured, I mean, it was, it was hidden in plain view. So, I mean, people might've been surprised by it, but I, I still, I still don't think they should have been. Uh, looking around the league we're we're a little over a month into the season because you're our senior national writer at the athletic. So I want to zoom out a bit. Um, you've got power rankings on Thursdays. So that's something you're going to be looking at tonight. Like, is there a team that is slowly like creeping up and rising that is maybe surprising you a little bit? Uh, maybe a Seattle Kraken. Maybe, uh, I, kn- I know we're kind of used to the Devils now because they're on a 10 game winning streak. So they're not really a surprise right. creeping up the rankings because they've been doing that pretty steadily throughout the season after starting 0 and 2. And now they're probably in the top five. But is there someone that's kind of creeping up and surprising you and making you a bit of a believer? I don't know if people are aware that the the Winnipeg Jets are uh, fourth in the league in points percentage, and they're yeah. like top top ten in goal differential. I mean, this is a team that you know, as it stands uh, under, it's partially because of Rick Bonus, right? And, and it's like he's playing playing bonus hockey. Everyone everyone expects that, but it's it's also Connor Hellebuck just going going back into full you know, regular Vezina finalist mode, but I don't think, I don't think if you add, put it this way, if you ask the the average NHL fan, like, where do you think in terms of the points percentage, the Winnipeg Jets are at this point in the season? I think most of them would say like, yeah, 15 or 16 or 17, because that's just where they are, right? That's where, that's where we've, you know, become accustomed to them, to them kind of, Landing. Yeah, middle they're of the a, pack, like if they're mid, just the Jets, they're a, right? They're yeah, mid, they're just yeah, there. they're mid. They're a they're a mid table team, and that's what they've been for a while. Well, not not so fast, and not so far this season. And I, I know Murat Atash, who's our who's our Jets writer, has, has written about this kind of extensively. There's a there's a lot to like about that team, and I think we're at the point now where 
it's still early, you know, but we are, I mean, it's pretty soon we're going to be talking about talking about teams playing 20 games of their season, right? Like it's, it's fair to start drawing some conclusions now. And I think, you know, with, with the way Winnipeg's played with the way Hellebuck's played in, in particular, like you, you got to start treating them like they're going to be around for the long haul, at least when it comes to the comes to the Western Conference playoff race. Sticking with the West, and then more specifically the Pacific, and as it relates to the Flames, Daryl Sutter was talking today about how the Pacific Division is better is a better division than it was last year this season, and he was saying I think there's five teams that could realistically come out of the Pacific, and and I don't disagree with him. I know it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with Daryl Sutter. I feel like I do that all the time on the show. <laughs> it's becoming a bit. We're just like, yeah, whatever Daryl said. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not going to argue for for <laughs> multiple reasons. But if you look and again, we're we're not quite at the 20 par- point mark. We know it's a little early to be standings watching. But there is that kind of American Thanksgiving thing that happens sometimes too or if you're if you're kind of over that line at American Thanksgiving, things are looking pretty good. And when you look at the Western Conference standings, there are five teams from the Pacific in the playoff picture right now. Three from one, two, three in the Pacific and two in the wild card. Like, is that surprising to you? Like, were you expecting the Pacific to be better than it was last year? On some level, maybe. I but the order is all screwed up. Like I, I didn't. Right. I was not expecting. I was not expecting to see this from Vegas because I wasn't expecting Logan Thompson to be like a top ten goaltender in the league or, or or wherever he is. You know, he's on the peripheral. Like, like if you came up with Vesna finalists right now, uh, Logan Thompson probably isn't isn't in that top three or whatever. But he's but he's close enough, and that's what their season hinged on. It, it was Logan Thompson and Jack Eichel playing like he did before all his injury issues cropped up in Buffalo, right? Those are the two outstanding kind of question marks. And both those guys have been great. So Vegas has been, you know, this looks like the Vegas Golden Knights that we thought we were going to see last year. So, so, so they're back. The Kings, you know, took a jump. <laughs> they're, they're second, they're second in, in the division in points and they're doing it despite getting, you know, substandard goaltending from Jonathan Quick and Calvin Peterson. Like they're like they're they're tearing it up despite you know have having having issues in net. I mean Seattle. Philip Deneau was so I, I think, good. I think, Sorry to cut you off, but I had yeah, to. Philip no, Deneau no. just like I can't. I know Kadri annoyed the hell out of Connor McDavid in the playoffs last year, but I don't know if there's a more annoying guy for a skilled player to play against than Philip Deneau. Anyways, continue. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. In Seattle, Seattle. Seattle's a wild card. You kind of, you kind of alluded to it in, in the last question when, when when we talked about the Jets. Seattle is better than anybody thought they were going to be. You know, this is on some level this is what I think some analysts and some and some media folks thought we were going to get from Seattle last year before the Grubauer situation completely railroaded them. Right? Like they're they're a really good territorial team. They're they've they've got some a, a decent you know roster, really really top to bottom, and now you're getting. You know, I know he's been. I know he's gotten cold a little bit from a point production standpoint, but you have like Matty Beniers at the top of that lineup, and, and some added firepower at the top, and they're getting half decent goaltending from Martin Jones, right? Like that's it. It, it can be that simple. That was the difference. That that's what sunk Seattle last year was atrocious goaltending and just a lack of firepower at the top. Well, it seems like they went out and fixed it, right? Those are those are two big issues that they kind of crossed off the list and lo and behold, they're third in the division. So yeah, I don't know if I would have said necessarily that, 
you know, five teams from that from the from the Pacific would have made the playoffs. You know, coming into the season, seems like seems like that's gonna they're gonna they're gonna, that's gonna at least be a portion of the, of the discussion moving forward. Um, but yeah, the, the the order is out of whack. Not not necessarily the, mm-hmm. the straight number. Yeah, I don't know if I had Calgary and Edmonton as the two wild card teams in the Pacific, but uh, yeah, it's early. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Flames are taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think, I, did you? I don't even. Have we talked about this? Like, I picked the Flames to. I, I don't know if we've talked about this on. on you the show. picked the like, Flames to win the, the Stanley Cup, yeah. Yeah, I picked them to win the Stanley yeah. Cup. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, so can, you can come I'm, on the show I'm whenever I'm you want to button. talk about Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> all right, that's all the time we have. We'll bring you back next time to talk about the Flames and where they're at in your Stanley Cup prediction, Sean. That sounds good. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. See ya. There goes Sean Gentilly, senior writer at The Athletic on the Atlas Pizza Hotline, brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner. For takeout or delivery, call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. That's all the time from me today and this week. I'm off to Seattle tomorrow. You'll have two hours of Logan Gordon and Sportsnet today on Friday. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Hockey Central on Sportsnet 960.